Welcome to the Living a Nordic Life podcast, where we explore a simpler, cozier and more intentional life the Nordic way. I'm Fiona McKinna, your Nordic Living Guide and founder of Living a Nordic Life, where I share all things Nordic living and show you that a Nordic life is the way to bring intentional calm and healthy habits into your own life, wherever you are in the world. Are you looking for ways to bring simplicity, coziness and calm into your life? Well, let me show you how. Visit the Living a Nordic Life website to explore how I can help you on your journey to simple, healthy and happy calm, the Nordic way. You can subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you want regular inspirational emails sent with love from Norway and straight to your inbox, don't forget to subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters. And so now let's dive into our episode. Hello and welcome to this episode and this is a little bit of a fun, slightly tongue-in-cheek episode. I want to talk to you about Nordic myths, Nordic living myths specifically, and I have 10 of them. So we were talking in a previous episode, weren't we, about Nordic living and hygge and how so often they're used together and you see people use them in the same sentence or substitute one for the other and then we kind of assume that they're the same thing but they're not. Hygge, if you don't already know, is a word and a way of living that was coined specifically in Denmark. Although it is used throughout the whole of Scandinavia, it's a really common word and it conveys this level of cosiness and happiness with the things that you have. It can be really simple things. In fact, it most often is really simple things like a favourite drink in one of your favourite cups and reading a book or a nice, quiet, cosy evening in with friends or a walk or just seeing something beautiful outside. It's that quiet appreciation of the simple things in life and the parts of our lifestyle and surroundings that we may not have noticed the beauty of previously. Nordic living, on the other hand, can be a bit uncomfortable at times, I have to say. It's times when I've got out of my comfort zone and it doesn't have that cosiness of hygge. It's a lifestyle that has a little more depth and makes us look a little bit harder at the way we're living. It concentrates on health and well-being and it's not always doing those things that come across immediately as easy and cosy. <clears throat> so in the spirit of that, I want to share some of my own thoughts on the myths of Nordic living that I hear. And I do hear them quite a lot, I have to say. Sometimes I simply smile and I keep quiet. But other times I do like to voice my opinion. And if you know me, you will know that my opinion is always free and it's always readily available. <laughs> so let's talk about some myths of Nordic living. I think I've said 10, but I've actually got 11. Because I just couldn't resist adding an extra one. And I'm sure when you hear this, you will probably think of a few yourself as well. So number one, you need to have Nordic heritage to live Nordically. <clears throat> well, of course you do not. And I'm sure that many of you reading this are like me and you have no Nordic heritage whatsoever. Although my family do hail from Ireland several hundred years ago. So, I mean, quite possibly there is some Nordic heritage there. And I'm a ginger, so yeah. 
But you don't need to hail from the Nordic countries to live a Nordic life in one form or another. And you don't currently need to live in a Nordic country either. We can embrace aspects of Nordic living, the aspects of Nordic living that appeal to us the most, wherever we are in the world and whatever form we find fits best with our lives. We don't have to be Norwegian or Nordic or Scandinavian or live here or have heritage here. You can choose the bits. It's a lifestyle choice. Fluffy blankets is my next point. Love this one. And we do love a fluffy blanket in the Nordic countries as much as the next country, especially cold countries. And sitting under a fluffy blanket in the autumn or the winter while you're reading a book or watching TV is really welcome. And I have to say that you will find fluffy blankets all over the place in the winter, especially if you go to a cafe or a restaurant and they've got some chairs outside. It's cold. You know, you want to be cozy, but you still want some fresh air. So there are fluffy blankets out for everybody. Even at my daughter's favourite soft play centre, there are settees with fluffy blankets for you. I haven't been in the summer, actually, so I'm assuming that they remove them in the summer, but they are there in the winter. But the idea of making your life Nordic with fluffy blankets and candles alone is never going to work, I'm afraid. <clears throat> my next point is people in the Nordics are always outside. It might seem like that, actually, if you're on the outside looking in. And I'm the biggest advocate of free live. That is the Nordic idea of getting outside, of loving the outside and knowing the benefits that it can bring your mind and body. But life is not spent entirely outside in the Nordics. It's a health benefit that's widely understood and cherished. But life does go on as normal indoors too. My next point is that we burn candles all the time. And yes, okay, I admit, people in Scandinavia do love a candle or two. We really do. They create that beautiful, peaceful, calming, ambient light that you need. And in the winter, it's nice to see a candle burning in a window, isn't it, as you go past. And they are especially welcome in those long winter evenings. But they are by no means the start and end of making life cosy. <clears throat> we drink gallons of hot chocolate. I do love hot chocolate. And did you see my post before Christmas, my blog post before Christmas about hot chocolate? It was a hot chocolate recipe that I had done quite a lot of research into and it was a really old traditional recipe from my region and it's from the 1800s. And it was really simple but a little bit decadent as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold. <clears throat> but having posted it, there was this ensuing backlash in my Facebook group, but also on the blog. And I was really surprised at that, that a hot chocolate recipe could create so much um, dissent and controversy. But some people who read my post thought that I was implying that drinking hot chocolate made you Nordic. And funnily enough, those people, none of them were Nordic or Scandinavian. They were people who perhaps had never even been to the Nordic countries. But it's funny, isn't it? There's certainly a misconception that everyone in the Nordics drinks hot chocolate in the winter. And the weather is cold and a few extra calories are what your body often needs. But we do enjoy plenty of other hot beverages too, like coffee. In fact, people in Scandinavia drink a huge amount of coffee. You need to Google how much coffee that is drunk here. It's a colossal amount. I think the number, Scandinavia generally is number two 
or number three in the amount of coffee that's drunk in the world in this sort of chart. But we also drink tea and we drink fruit tea as well. My next point is that it's always winter. And when you are in February, I have to say, it does feel like it's always winter. You're kind of looking for those first signs of growth. When is spring going to arrive? But on the odd occasion, when I read forums and Facebook pages about travel in Scandinavia, and I do, and I like to offer a bit of advice, there's inevitably a post about seeing snow in the summer. If you look hard enough, you'll always find snow at the top of a mountain somewhere. And we've walked on snow on the 5th of July in central Norway. It was very cold, I have to say. I had this idea that we would eat breakfast outside. But we were eating breakfast in coats and it was zero. But we do have some wonderful, warm, sunny summer weather here as well. Otherwise, nothing would ever grow, would it? <clears throat> we cook everything on an open fire. Bolpana cooking. Now, bolpana is a like a tripod barbecue with um, some chains hanging down with a kind of bowl thing underneath. And you put your charcoal or your logs in the bowl. It hangs off the ground and then it has a grill over it and you cook on that. And it keeps the fire away from the ground because we get a lot of forest fires here. It can get very dry in the summer. And unfortunately, the forest fires, once they start, they burn underground. So it takes days and days of throwing buckets of water on them from underneath a helicopter to just control it, really. But bowl panna cooking is a very fun and it's a very Nordic activity, especially in the winter, when we don't have any restrictions on open flames in the wild. And people love to cook really simple things like hot dogs um, over an open fire or um, some marshmallows or pinabra, which is a type of like a bread dough almost and it's rolled into a sausage and then it's twisted around a stick and you cook it over an open fire when you cook this though it is never cooked in the middle it's always raw and it's always burnt on the outside i still have to try and master the art of cooking it so that it's actually cooked all the way through but we do cook on conventional ovens as well on the inside not just outside it's all about wool. There's a lot about wool here. And there's no doubt that wool is a very popular material in the winter. It does an amazing job of keeping out the chill of a winter day. And I'm sure that there are people who live in wool sweaters pretty much all of the time. There's a series I watch on Norwegian TV. It's actually a Danish series. And it's about this family who have a small holding in Denmark. And they've built everything themselves. They are incredibly talented. It's really beautiful. But the guy who hosts the series, who obviously owns the small holding, wears wool all the time. He's always in a wool sweater. It's extremely threadbare, I have to say. But even in the summer, he seems to be in a wool sweater. And he is obviously one of those who wears wool all the time. But generally speaking, we'd overheat, wouldn't we, in most of the summer months if we wore wool constantly. Nordic people are always skiing. Let's face it, when it comes to skiing in sports events, the Nordic countries wipe the floor with the rest of the world, with the exception of Slovenia. And there's a joke that Norwegians are born with skis on their feet. Many people learn to ski at a very early age, but not everyone skis. But those who ski, really ski. They do everything skiing. 
And even in the summer, you will see people on grass skis, keeping that muscle memory going and keeping themselves in that peak form, ready for cross-country skiing. And grass skis, if you haven't seen them, are a really funny contraption. It's um, like a ski, but rather than just a normal ski, it has two wheels, a wheel at either end. And then you clip your ski boots in as normal and you use poles. But you can ski anyway, you can ski on grass or most often the road, which I have to say is not the safest thing. And we've seen a few little accidents, I have to say, with people on grass skis on the road in the summer. Everyone eats fish and seafood every day. And in our family, at least, this is most definitely not the case, I'm afraid to say. I could eat fish and seafood every day and I would give an half a chance. But I'm not Norwegian, so I'm not sure if I count for this particular list of things, Nordic living myths. Andre, my partner, who is Norwegian, and our kids, who are also Norwegian, half English, are not huge fans of fish. And in many homes here, meat like beef or pork are most often eaten. And particularly in our region of Vestfold, that's big pork country. Everybody lives in a log cabin. And wouldn't that be nice and romantic? What a way to romanticise your life. Beautiful, but not really very practical. Most homes in Norway and Sweden are made of a wood frame with wood panelling on the outside. Modern homes have some of the most state-of-the-art insulation and heating that you could possibly imagine. There's very strict regulations here. But even those modern homes have wood cladding on the outside and this blends in beautifully with the environment around it. It's also considerably less damaging to the environment than materials like concrete, which have a huge carbon footprint just in the making of it. However, the idea of a log cabin down a little track in the middle of the forest, miles away from any kind of civilization, is a really long way from the truth of daily life in Scandinavia. So do you agree with any of these things? Are there any myths that you think... I'm sure I've seen that. Or are there any that you can add to? Because if you can add to them, I would love to hear from you. That would be so much fun. Send me an email or put a link in the comments. And yeah, I'd really like to hear from you if you have any others. And I will look forward to seeing you in the next episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters so you can get an email when I release a new episode. It's a quick and easy way to keep up with all things Nordic living. Please visit livingandnordiclife.com. You can listen to Living a Nordic Life on lots of podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and plenty of others. If you've enjoyed the Living a Nordic Life podcast, why not leave me a rating? So that's the end of Living a Nordic Life for today. And I look forward to seeing you next time.